This is GM Word of the Week, and I'm Fiddleback. Halloween. It is late evening when you enter the village. A chilly wind rustles the dried red and gold leaves still clinging to the trees. The village is still and quiet. No one is out and about. Even the inn is silent. Apart from the pale glow of the full moon, obscured occasionally by passing clouds, the only light comes from flickering candles glowing in many of the windows. Of course, in your travels you'd forgotten the date. It's Raven's Watch. A chill goes down your spine that has nothing to do with the wind. This is a bad night to be wandering. You'd best find shelter quickly. From the Angry GM's Fallen Icons 4th Edition D&D Campaign. Happy Halloween, fellow gaming linguophiles. For the final entry in our spooky month, we're going to talk about the reason for the season itself. Let's talk about what Halloween is. Oh sure, Halloween is all about dressing up in spooky costumes and going door to door trying to get type 2 diabetes, or wandering around town doing things that were really fun when you were a kid, but a lot less so now that you are a property owner. It's about ghost stories, and jack-o'-lanterns, and stop-motion skeleton kings ordering the kidnapping of competing holiday mascots because he's grown so tired of the same old thing. As directed by Henry Selleck, and not Tim Burton. But what do you really know about Halloween? Perhaps you know that the Halloween we celebrate has Celtic origins. The Celtic people of Ireland, England, and northern France celebrated a holiday called Samhain. Now, if you've only ever seen it written, you might have thought Samhain, not Samhain. But that's because the Goidelic languages, which include Irish, Gaelic, Welsh, and Manx, weren't actually designed to be written with a Latin alphabet the one we English speakers are used to. In fact, Primitive Irish, the first Goidelic language, was around for a long time before it had a written form. And scholars are still arguing whether that written form, called Ogham, was invented by the Celts, or that it was invented by Christians to communicate with the Celts. However, Ogham has two interesting features. First, It's a script of vertical hash marks that made it easy to carve into stone. Second, whoever invented it, most scholars of language agree that it was a cryptic language. That is, it was invented primarily for secret communication and not generally known. Third, Ogum is named after Ogma, or Ogmios, the Celtic deity of knowledge. Well, actually, scholars are still debating exactly who Ogum was and whether Ogma and Ogmios were the same person. But, 
If you're a scholar of the Forgotten Realms, you might recognize Ogma as the Ferunian god of knowledge. And if you're an Elder Scrolls fan, you might recognize Ogma if you've read every one of the thousand books littered across Skyrim, or if you've gathered all of the Daedric artifacts. Anyway, Samhain. The Celts believed that as summer gave way to autumn, the barrier between the world of the living and the world of the dead became weak, and ghosts could escape and cause problems. So they would light bonfires and dress up in elaborate animal costumes to scare the ghosts right back into the other world where they belonged. Interestingly, it was also believed that, apart from mischief like damaging crops, the ghosts also brought along knowledge of the future. And so Samhain became a night for fortune-telling. In the Middle Ages, Households eventually started leaving out offerings of food and drink to placate the ghosts. And costumed members of the community would wander from house to house, performing antics to entertain households and to ward off the evil spirits in return for food and drink. The process was called mumming. And that is where we get the modern practice of trick-or-treating, and also why Lorena McKennett has a song called The Mummer's Dance. Now, most people know the story of All Saints Day. Or they think they do. In the 609th year of the Christian era, Pope Boniface IV created a holiday called All Martyrs Day to celebrate the martyrs of the Catholic faith. This holiday was expanded in the 8th century to include all Catholic saints and martyrs. And by the 9th century, as Christianity spread extensively into Celtic lands, All Saints Day was set to the day after Samhain in order to supplant the ceremony and stamp out pagan practices. But the truth is actually not as sinister. In point of fact, all Saints' Day and Samhain had very similar traditions, honoring the dead in autumn, bonfires, that kind of thing. And All Saints' Day had been moved to November, two or three hundred years prior to its spread into Celtic lands. So more likely, the celebrations sort of just merged together through natural cultural diffusion. Heck, that wasn't even the first time it happened, not even with Halloween. See, in the first century CE, Rome conquered most of the Celtic lands of northern Europe. And they already had two similar holidays on the books. The first was Feralia, which commemorated the passing of the dead. The second was a day to honor Pomona, the goddess of trees and fruits. Her symbol was the apple. And again, those two holidays, along with Samhain, all sort of merged into one. Which is why candy apples and apple bobbing might have become Halloween traditions. And frankly, across the world, most cultures have holidays set aside to honor the dead, be they dead relatives, dead ancestors, dead saints, whatever. 
And it's not so strange for these holidays to come in autumn. Autumn has always traditionally been linked with the dying of the year. It all starts with the autumnal equinox. There are two equinoxes each year, one in spring and one in fall. And those refer to days when the earth and the sun are aligned just right, so that the day is split right down the middle. Twelve hours of light, twelve hours of darkness. After the autumnal equinox, the days in the northern hemisphere get shorter and colder, and the nights get longer. Trees lose their leaves. Plants die. The harvest is gathered to see us through the cold winter months. And many people died during the hard winters as well. It's not strange for our thoughts to turn to death and to seek comfort with the fellow members of our community. Samhain, Ferelia, All Saints Day, eventually called All Hallows Evening, All Hallows Eve, and then Halloween. They all represent the same basic fears and the same basic need for community. It stands to reason that neighbors of different faiths were brought together. Of course, not all cultures turn to mourning when reflecting on the dead. The Aztecs had very complicated beliefs about the dead, and that flavored their own sort of Halloween holiday. The Aztecs had a very advanced and complex society. They had well-developed calendars, complex social and governmental structures. They considered art and games to be central to their cultural health. And they had very detailed religious beliefs. But, for whatever reason, and scholars debate the reason, their religion involved huge amounts of human sacrifice. Like, really huge. Some historians estimate that the Aztecs sacrificed thousands of people every year as part of their religious ceremonies. And so, Aztec religion had to market death. It had to make it look attractive. So it came to pass that the better your manner of death, the cooler your afterlife was. For example, if you were a warrior who died in battle, or a woman who died during childbirth, you got to go into one of the two paradises. Warriors went east to join the rising sun. Mothers went west to join the setting sun, or else they joined Huitzilopochtli, the war god. Those who died from particularly gruesome accidents got into the paradise of Tlalocan. In all, the Aztecs had 13 different paradises for those who earned them. By contrast, Aztecs that died of old age, or illness, or in other unremarkable ways, were forced to traverse Mictlan, which was a pretty horrible place of trials and tribulations. The point is, the Aztec ceremony that gave rise to the modern Dia de Muertos, the Mexican Day of the Dead, was a happy celebration. It involved feasts, parties, lots of skulls. Seriously, the Aztecs loved skulls. Dancing, singing, and general merrymaking. The Aztecs actually believed it was insulting 
to mourn the dead. Now, in the 16th century, when Spanish Catholics came to Mexico and Central America, they did try to stamp out the sacrilegious celebration of the dead. But it was a persistent holiday, and it survived, and eventually swallowed up some Catholic traditions. Again, through the unique ability of cultural diffusion to pass things back and forth, the modern Day of the Dead is a fascinating mix of ancient Aztec and less ancient Catholic traditions. It also gave rise to the awesome Grim Fandango PC adventure game by LucasArts, which was released for Halloween in 1998, and recently remastered and released for the PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Check it out. It's pretty cool. But what about your game? How do you use Halloween or Samhain or the Dia de Muertos in your game? Let's talk about holidays, or rather, holy days, which is where we get the word from. It's always cool to invent some holidays for your world. For example, I invented Raven's Watch for my D&D 4th edition campaigns. People stayed home on that night and lit candles in remembrance of the recent dead, and they prayed to the Raven Queen to keep their dead loved ones safe and guide them to their final resting place. It was somber and sad and eerie, because in D&D, ghosts really do break out of the other world sometimes. And on Raven's Watch, in the periods before and after, undead are bolstered, and clerics' abilities to control and banish undead are diminished. There's two things to keep in mind when inventing holidays. First of all, there is really magic in the world. Hence the ghosts and the effect on clerics for the month around Raven Watch. So feel free to add real, tangible effects to your holidays and to make sure you play them up. The second thing to remember is that both gods and holidays in real human history represent a need to understand the universe we live in. Halloween and its forerunners exist because we are mortal and we have seasons and the world dies for a few months every year, and that's pretty scary stuff. Spring brings new life because the gods will it so, and they deserve to be paid back. Holiday traditions should be steeped in the reality of the world. And imagine what would happen in your world if they didn't celebrate the New Year right. Maybe it wouldn't come. Maybe, until the gods were placated, the world would just remain stuck in endless winter. Or maybe Halloween would stretch on and on and the world would rot into autumn, but never die in winter and never be reborn in spring because someone managed to kidnap the Raven Queen. There'd probably also be a plague of undead. The never-ending night of the living dead. You could call that campaign Fallen Icons. Don't worry, though. The Raven Queen was okay in the end. But that campaign was a little rough on the clerics.
This has been the GM Word of the Week. It was written by the Angry GM and recorded and produced by me, Fiddleback. You can find more at theangrygm.com and madadventurers.com. 